Disclaimer, the things mentioned in this episode and the podcast should not be treated as fact or conspiracy. We are just expressing our opinion on certain topics. We do not mean to discriminate or belittle anyone. And with that in mind, let the episode begin. Hey everyone, it's one of your hosts, Ellie. And December has been a really good month for me. I mean, it's been my birthday month. And I've just been significantly more happier and I feel more free. But again, finals are coming up, so <laughs> I'm stressing. How about you, Z? It's actually quite funny because it has been quite the opposite for me. I haven't been doing well like this past month. But, you know, I can feel the groove coming back and I'm optimistic that things will turn around. Yeah. So for today's episode, it will be quite different from the previous episodes because today the format will be in like a interview style because yeah. today's main character is Ellie and I will be kind of interviewing her about her birthday and like her experience and stuff. Yeah. So first of all, a quick introduction. Do you want to do it? Like when's your birthday? And stuff. Okay, sure. So mm-hmm. my birthday is on the 4th of December. And to sort of kind of explain why the title is like that, it's because December 4th is also um, Mr. Worldwide Handsome's <laughs> birthday, which is like Jin from BTS. But mm-hmm. it just became like a running joke with some of my friends that, oh, you have the same birthday as Mr. Worldwide Handsome. So that's that's why I, you know, named this episode that. <laughs> yeah, so Ellie just had her 15th birthday this month. Yeah. Yeah. And we are here to talk about it. So do you want to briefly talk about like your BDA experience? Mm-hmm. Sure. Mm-hmm. Okay. So I had a wonderful birthday this year. It was such a highlight of this year, even with the pandemic. So mm-hmm. um, two days before December fourth, I went out with two of my close friends, and um, they even prepared this like game for me, which is like switch sketchbooks with the person to your right every ten minutes. So it was so interesting to see the drawings change a lot. And I have to say, sometimes it's not always about the materialistic gifts. You know, simple gestures like that mm-hmm. really touched my heart. And it was just so cute to see the drawings come to life. And I got to bring them all back. <laughs> so that was their gift to me. And then on my birthday, December 4th, I got to go out with my family. It was really nice. And I wore this beautiful, like, um, it was basically like my Halloween outfit, but without the hip piece. So beautiful white lace, long sleeve, and the tall skirt. And I felt like a princess that day. And that I also received a gift from Z and a few of my other friends. Yeah, they, they were together to buy me my favorite fruit tea flavor so I was really touched by that because I really wasn't mm-hmm. expecting any deliveries to come over but they really pulled through and my uncle surprised me by saying like I'm gonna you know bring you to the mall and buy you a gift and I was just like okay he's super busy super packed December really I don't really see him at home anymore that's how busy he is and I said okay I'm just gonna get a boba and then I'll be right back Oh my god, he brought me to Haibilao. Yeah, and not only that, I got to sit beside, not only meet, but sit and eat beside the Kwan sisters. 
we're like kind of like well-known influencers in the influencer realm i guess my uncle's a photographer works with them a lot and now it's just like oh, hyperventilating and i talk to them they're real people and yeah it was a spectacular experience and they gave me gifts as well which shocked me so yeah that was to conclude it this year's birthday experience was so phenomenal and just i didn't expect it so yeah that's it Okay, so you did briefly talk about some gifts you got, but do you want to go more into depth? Um, I got a few letters from some friends. Again, like I said just now, I sometimes materialistic things. I mean, I appreciate the gesture, but I have this weird thing which is like when people write me long letters, I literally just I get cry. Don't, yeah, and I cry over them, but in a good way. I mean, if I still like conclude it in one sentence, I feel like I've grown older ironically I know that's what happened but <laughs> I just feel very grateful to mm-hmm. have my family beside me and them you know preparing all the celebrations and stuff the cake and the arrangements and I cannot be more sort of like indebted to them not only this experience but my entire life in general right so I guess if there's one core feeling that I felt throughout this entire thing is just being so thankful for them and my mm-hmm. friends too sorry <laughs> That's very nice to hear and we're going to go into the last section. I'm sure that this section is the most important one and a lot of listeners will benefit from this. So, what are the 14 things you've learned in your 14 years on this earth? Yeah, okay. So, I have prepared points. So, the first thing that I want to cover is sometimes thoughts, you know, like our, our willpower is just so powerful and we don't acknowledge it. Mm-hmm. In some ways, I think that some things that happened, maybe this year, I wouldn't say my whole life, this year in particular, because I didn't really know about manifestation and the power of willpower like before this year but manifestations do work start from little things and you slowly build your way up i'm not saying mm-hmm. that you know they perform miracles i'm not god but the manifestation in itself it really does help you not only get a clearer sort of sense of what you want in your life but they do happen genuinely do come true and that's one of the biggest things that shocked me throughout this year so that's the first thing that i've learned out of the 14th Okay, so following up to the second thing, I would say instead of relying on fate and believing in it and holding on to the entire belief that, oh, fate will help me decide what to do, let it be choice instead. You know, choose to surround yourself with good people. Mm -hmm. Choose to stick with your routines. Choose to learn what you want to learn and choose to do what you want to do. And obviously, I'm not saying like, you know, (laughs) give in to all your... Yeah, like some whims are bad. But in some sense, I do think that I feel like when I was younger, maybe I held on to fate a bit too much, you know. There are two directions that one could go. If I was feeling super sad, maybe I would tell myself, don't worry, you know, life has its ups and downs and, you know, life will recover. Or another thing is, you know, sometimes I'll feel so lost and I won't even choose anything. And I'll just tell myself, ah, it'll be fine. Life has made its decision for me anyway. You know, things that will go no matter mm-hmm. what I choose. But now that I grow older, I just feel like that's complete nonsense. You do have the right to choose and you do have the liberty to make sure the path that your life is going on or the mm-hmm. rhythm that your life is going on. Like just a small example would be I kept telling myself that I'll learn things that I want to learn, like extra things when I am in college. 
maybe I'll have more time. But now I see that, you know, probably not true. College is like the hardest. So I started learning French on Duolingo. Finally took the liberty to download the app. And I am on like, I think like my 53 day streak. You're like the top 6% or something, right? For oh, the top 8%. Yeah. In 27.14 million. Wow, wow, wow. For yeah. 2021. Yeah. <laughs> so weird flex. But yes, I was really surprised by that statistic. And I'm not going to say I'm fluent in it yet because you know, I mean, it's a whole new language. Mm-hmm. But I do really like learning it because every time I use the app, I know that this is something that I chose for myself. Mm-hmm. And it's made me significantly happier. Like I said, this year has just been a, fl- a flourish of ha- but mostly happy moments. Mm-hmm. And then my third point with, or the third thing I guess I've learned along the years is crying it out and mental breaks are completely valid. Yes. Yeah, just... I feel like we have this sick sort of view of, you know, letting your emotions out. They're like, oh, you're, you complain too much. You're a crybaby. Yeah, you're too soft. Yeah, like, don't you realize that other people are being affected by your behavior? Um, that's not my problem. Like, I, I don't want to make it sound <laughs> bad, but I don't really think that it's right to, to speak that way especially to a child because then they grow up with the mindset that they Mm -hmm. can't tell people how they're feeling. So, you know, I don't know how everyone expresses their own emotions, but when I feel super stressed and everything and overwhelmed, obviously I'll cry. I watch a sad movie. My go-to movie is always Me Before You. It's a really good sad movie and I just watch it and I cry everything out. Or mental breaks, for example, I'm feeling too busy and too overwhelmed with tasks I don't want to do to the point where I'm not sad anymore. I'm literally numb mm-hmm. i just watch lord of the rings the trilogy again and again and again and it's, and until i feel fine i just keep doing it and it's not like i completely abandon my responsibilities but the it is something that yeah it, it's like a mirror if mm-hmm. you can say. maybe not a mirror but like maybe like a, a surface of ice let's say you step on it too hard a crack starts to appear if you don't start fixing that crack the crack is only going to get bigger Mm because you're ignoring the problem number four i would say always expect something from yourself but never expect perfection from anyone including yourself Mm -hmm. people always say to aim high aim higher you know you get to that point and they're just like aim for the peak aim for the sky aim for the heavens i don't know but it's just so peculiar to think that we could just keep going keep going keep going without feeling tired and drained when i was younger i had the same mindset as well every time i got good grades i would only be happy for 24 hours and then the minute i got back i would just feel like well i could have done better you know i could have done better i i I could work now and i could get better marks next time i could have done better i know i could have done better and then i'll flip through the exam papers and that was the worst moments when i was younger because every time i did that and i saw like questions that i got wrong i would start literally scolding myself in my head like oh my god you got that one and it's it was so funny because instead of having like a mother or like a dad like a parent do that to me i did that to myself slowly Mm -hmm. growing obviously my marks have not been as great as primary anymore yeah but it is quite admirable that you know you you had this motive to go through your mistakes you know although you you were self-deprecating about it but you know (laughs) It was still yeah. a good move. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like I said, that's why you expect something, but you don't expect perfection. Never do that. Mm-hmm. Because what I did was the good thing, which is expecting something,
something. But the bad thing was I never knew my limit. I'm not saying to limit yourself, by the way. I always believe that you can go farther than that. Mm-hmm. But instead of, okay, this, okay, for example, if I was a, mm-hmm. yeah, if I was a badminton player and I won my first tournament, right? Mm-hmm. Should I think that maybe I should work harder on my next tournament or straight skip so many levels to the point of thinking that I could beat Li Chongwei? We don't know how to articulate our thoughts sometimes, especially for younger me. I always thought that if I push myself and if I, you know, sort of scream at myself hard enough, I could do that. In reality, it makes it worse. Mm-hmm. My fifth uh, point. Editing the year. Ellie meant to say fifth, but somehow, some reason, she said first. And we both didn't realize at that point. So, yeah. My fifth uh, point is always focus and work on yourself. I just think that when I was younger, maybe like, again, I just had so much expectations that I felt like uh, uh, everyone around me had the same expectation to me. Yeah. I I know they don't. (laughs) They tell me that. But it still won't, you know, leave my mind that like, Mm -hmm. you know, do you think that they're ashamed after seeing that? Or do you think that they're embarrassed? So I this point is to just basically state that just like expecting something, you put it into action. Like when I was younger, I said I wanted to learn a lot of languages. I wanted to learn a lot of cultures. So what did I do? I went, you know, I'm starting to learn French. And mm-hmm. then I also downloaded slowly just the letter app that I mentioned in like, I think the previous episode uh, to people from different countries and different backgrounds and different cultures. So I am putting it into action as, you know, like the singer Cher once said in an interview, iconic, by the way, she said um, her mother always told her to grow up and marry a rich man. And she just told her mom straight away, like, mom, I am a rich man. Mm -hmm. And that's my entire point, that if we work on ourselves and you become the best version of yourselves, you automatically attract what is compatible with your status and what's compatible with your energy. So I think that's why it's so important to always focus on yourself and not on how others are doing in terms of pace, success, or anything else. Just focus on yourself. That's that's it. So um, six point, yeah, six point is honesty may not always be the best or worst policy. This is something that I had to kind of learn the hard way and I'm not... 100% 100% sure if I've completely mastered it yet. So I'm really honest when I talk, realistic. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Some friends have described it as I talk with basically no filter. Sometimes that hurts people. Like uh, it comes off as blunt and I do hurt people. And I am aware of that now. But in some moments, I've been called the therapist friend. I'm aware that the therapist also comforts people, but mostly what a therapist does is that they give you a wake-up call. Mm -hmm. They're they're very realistic with the way that they give you the facts. I think that that's how some friends sort of find solace, is that when they're sad, they know that I'm not the best comforter, so they don't talk to me yet. But when they're feeling a bit better, uh, but they're still sort of struggling with their own problems. So I do have to say that it's good to always talk nicely, you know, and to make sure that your words are not coming. But not fakely. Mm. Yeah. If the problem is really with your friend, you do not tell them that they are not wrong because they will go out and think that way. They'll believe you and then they will make the same mistake. Mm-hmm. 
So seven point, don't hope too much. Some people may say, oh, but this kind of contradicts with your willpower manifestation point. No, it really doesn't. You can hope that your life will be so perfect and that you'd be richer than Bill Gates. These are hopes that you can dream of. These are wishes that you can have. But you cannot expect or hope too much, especially from others. It's, it's completely okay to do that. Through the long run, I've seen it hurt so many people. Okay, so I had a really, I have had really bad fallouts with friends, by the way. And I mm-hmm. had a super bad one a few years back as well. And I think that that sort of showed me that sometimes it's not the people that outwardly say they hate you that truly hate you. It's the people that say that they love you and that they care. So I just learned from that moment on to not hope so much from others. I find a lot of people when they have problems, like sometimes they'll say, well, I mean, I just hope that she could have phrased it better. Or I just hope that he would have done something different. I understand that you're complaining in the moment. I completely accept your complaints. But I just can't, you know, because I've seen people say it even after the problem itself is solved. Like when they go Mm -hmm. back and talk about it, I'm like, you have to move on because it's already done. You see, I'm actually guilty of this. So sometimes, okay, I'm going to be honest here. Sometimes I do feel like, you know, your outlook on, okay, not life, but outlook on other people is kind of negative. But maybe I am too idealistic too. So yeah, (laughs) I'll put it very simply. I've Mm -hmm. met a lot of really bad people Mm -hmm. who have hurt me really really bad and uh i know that doesn't sound realistic considering i'm only 15 i'm not even at like my quarters life station yet (laughs) but through all of these experiences i'm not being negative i feel like because when i first meet people i don't straight away say oh she seems shady i don't want to be friends with her or i hate her you know but i just think that it's because i've been hurt so many times right it's become a defense mechanism to always be worry and realistic like, oh, I've just known them for a few months, you know, if they, mm-hmm. if they were to do something or attempt something, it would be like, okay, I'm ready for it. And I'm not going like on hangouts or talking to them with that mindset that they're going to hurt me and that they're going to leave, you know, it's just like, like I said, don't hope too much, you know. So number eight, okay, this one, not negative. This one changed in my perspective, okay. So make sure to let those you care about know that you care. Yeah, I read a book previously. It's like uh, it's called The Hating Game. The movie's out, by the way. I liked it. But one of the best quotes in that book is the first sentence of the book. It goes like this. So hating someone is creepily similar to loving someone. I think that's a sentence. After reading that, you know, it was another wake-up call in my life. So I just stopped hating people. I don't use the word hate that much anymore. Don't hate people. Instead, convert that energy into love. And make sure to, to let those that you care about and you love know about your feelings and how you feel towards them. It doesn't, I know this makes it sound like confess your crush, but that's not what I'm going for. I just feel like instead mm-hmm. of spending your time hating on someone, complaining about someone or something, go out with your parents, hug them, tell them you love them, give them a kiss on the cheek, you know, or your relatives or your cousins if you feel that way <laughs> or your grandparents so um yeah that, that's something that i learned you should not you we should also you know show more affection towards our friends especially yeah because i feel like for family it is kind of unspoken that you know it's unconditional blah 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 those kind of things 
mm-hmm. if you have like a healthy family, that is. But for friends, you know, it's、um, how do I say this?、Uh, temporary, not temporary, but it isn't that permanent, you know. So I feel like we should put more attention towards maintaining these bonds, family,、mm-hmm. like familial and platonical. Yeah, platonical, platonic. Yeah, platonic <laughs> ones. Okay, so moving on to your next point. Okay, so number nine, don't settle for less to be nice because it literally just hurts you in the long run and makes it ironic that you're unkind to yourself for the sake、mm-hmm. of others. Don't settle for people who make you feel as if you need to be particularly nice to them, particularly、mm-hmm. kind to them, and to make you, you know, present yourself in a certain way.、Uh, because even though it may seem right. In the moment, it hurts you in the long run, and it kind of makes it ironic in general because you're unkind to yourself for the sake of、mm-hmm. being kind to others. I used to have, like I said, the fallouts when I was younger. Right, there were moments where I would sort of change myself to accommodate to what they wanted. Like they would say, "Oh, skirts and dresses. Oh my God, those are just so so in the past and girly and、mm-hmm. just so stupid." You know, and at that point,、uh, I really liked wearing dresses. I still do right now, and it's something that I had to sort of take time to get used to again. Because of that, I just feel like at that point of time, I didn't realize it, but my family did. I never、mm-hmm. felt it. I never felt like, oh,、uh, I'm changing myself to to be with that, like you know, to make them more happy, and you know, they're more willing to accept me, like you know, part of the cool kids or whatever. And it wasn't until now that I look back and realize I changed so much of myself to be what they would like and accept. Like not、mm-hmm. only the, just the like the wardrobe changes, but even stationery. I remember I had this really cute Smiggle、uh, pencil box. I loved、mm-hmm. using it. Was scented ice cream, and it was so cool. I used to bring it to school a lot. And I remember one day one of them walked up to me and just you know stared at it and pointed at it and be like, "That's so childish." And she just like sort of laughed and walked off. Now I would just feel like slightly offended, but at that time I felt very like attacked, hurt. And then, like not attacked. See, that's the thing. I didn't feel offended or attacked. I just felt like, oh my god, maybe it is stupid because everyone keeps saying stupid. So I switched to a simple black pencil case, which is like nothing wrong if you like that, but it wasn't my style in school. That I, I, you know, obviously when the story comes to an end, these people, none of them remained in my life. I、mm-hmm. changed myself for people who had no intention to stay whatsoever. Thinking back on it now, it's just so funny that I thought I was happy, and I thought that these people were trying to help me, and they actually cared for me. So that's why this point is so important, and I feel like a lot of people need to hear this. Maybe you don't feel it now, and maybe it hasn't happened yet, but sometimes we really don't fit in. We will be the odd one out, but. Look at it optimistically. You are the unique one. You are so special that they cannot understand it, and they will just have to deal with it. And that kind of leads myself—not、uh, leads myself, sorry. That kind of leads me to my next point. Ten is just to be authentic. Don't be what others deem like is correct or black and white necessarily. You know, be yourself because it's your life. You'll be living it. You'll be feeling and seeing everything, and you know they won't. <laughs> and I'm not gonna elaborate a lot on this point because, like I said, I said a lot of it in the previous one as well. But you shouldn't feel pent up. You shouldn't. I've had people tell me like, 
I just feel so restricted in my life. You shouldn't feel that way. It should be your life. And I know YOLO, this phrase in itself is used for a lot of like death-defying situations. Like go sit on that roller coaster, YOLO, or go get on that zip line, YOLO. But I, I, I want to use it now to sort of, I guess, remind us all, maybe, yes, maybe there's reincarnation and you'll come back in, in your next <clears> lifetime. <throat> but there's a almost 100% chance that you won't remember anything and that you won't have the same resources that you have now, the same opportunities, the same voice, the same body, the same <clears> thing. <throat> you only have this one chance to do what you want to do and do what you necessarily aspire to do. Approaching the last four points, for 11, I just wrote down insecurities begin from others. So basically, um, when I was younger, I never really thought I was, again, this is sort of like an insecure phase of mine when I was younger. It's just, I would not like the way that I smile. Or to be honest, I still kind of struggle with it. If I'm to be honest, I it just mm-hmm. it happens sometimes. I look at pictures and when I look at videos of myself, I just feel like, ah, oh, that's kind of weird. Why did I smile like that? Or why did I, you know, pose like that? Or sometimes I'll look at things that people won't even look at in photos. The point itself being insecurities begin from others because I never felt this way when I was younger. I never ever felt ugly when I looked into the mirror I never felt fat I well and fat was never a bad adjective to begin with I didn't know at what age it mm-hmm. became you know derogatory in my vocabulary and now that I truly sat down and think about it when I was writing down these points that day is all of my insecurities that I feel towards myself be- began from comments from others someone will say oh you keep kind of look crooked in the smile like so the conclusion of this point I would say is it's so so important to be confident and know when to stand up for yourself or sometimes you don't even need to stand up for yourself you don't need to you know talk back if you don't feel like it but yeah. you need to know when is the right time to block all of these comments out mm-hmm, Maybe 80% is constructive criticism that will actually help you. And 20% is just people being spiteful. Yeah, they, they want a reaction from you. Yes, they are being spiteful in the name of good. And don't give them the satisfaction of having a reaction. Okay, so for number 12, listen, this is mostly like about me personally. As all of these are, these are all my opinions. By the way, please don't come for me. Uh, <laughs> I am a very big planner, and I also a very big overthinker. Uh, that's something that I, you know, it, it has not changed since I was young. Um, planning maybe it has gotten more intensive over the years, but overthinking I think from young it's been it's been here with me. And sometimes it's good in some sense because sometimes I back up plans for plans that haven't even happened, but. In some sense, I also have stress for things that haven't even happened. But my point is planning and overthinking is actually different. Because mm-hmm. I think that a lot of people have the misconception, like, uh, I really like to plan things, like maybe just a hangout. Like maybe it's like I go out with my friends, right? And we go out to a specific location and there are a lot of stores or a lot of activities at the location. So I would do like a a plan and I would sort of ask everyone, like survey. So is anyone feeling the lollipop stand? No, no one wants to go. Okay, let's cross that one off. Or do you guys want to go to the cotton candy cafe? Oh, you guys do. Okay, let's, you know, put a check beside that. And through all that planning, I always find it beneficial because I can come out with sort of like a plan that will save everyone's time to the maximum. It really is different for me. For example, overthinking gives me anxiety. 
right? It, it, mm-hmm. it gives me a lot of like extra thoughts that is really unneeded sometimes. It, it, it is not needed in a situation that I'm in. But planning is actually a really nice coping mechanism for me. A lot of people, I've had friends mm-hmm. tell me like, you plan too much. I feel that's giving you stress. No, it reduces my stress. So, you know, I'm not trying to like be shady. I'm just going to try to be honest. I usually enjoy it more when I go on hangouts and my friends know like there's a lot of things that we could choose to do. So they just let me plan it. Or even if they don't let me plan it, they because they know me well, they know that I like to do this. They automatically sort of like give me um, things that they would prefer to do over the others. And it's not like, I don't want people to, I don't want listeners to think that I'm planning every single minute of like the time we're spending there. I'm just having a sort of like a list of what I need to prepare. So I guess to all those that are listening who have let me plan hangouts before, thank you. I love you so much. From what you have said, I've kind of got like this sense of if you don't plan, you won't be prepared for what's to come, you know? So because you didn't plan that you start overthinking because you don't know what will happen, you know? Yeah, you don't have maybe. a concrete... That's true. Like a, no, but that doesn't yeah. apply to everything, though. I, it's not like I'm planning every single, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. task that I'm doing. But it's Understood. just for these things that, um, like, maybe we... It's the same thing as traveling. I, I understand that some people enjoy it to just go and sit, you know, or find random destinations uh, along the way. Mm-hmm. But traveling is too expensive to not plan where you're going to go first. I'm so sorry. I stand by my point because the economy that we are currently in is <laughs> traveling is hard in itself. I'm not going to sit in my hotel and just kind of guess where I want to go next. I always have an intricate plan of, of at least how many places I want to hit in a day you know Mm -hmm. and that's again completely just my opinion you can do whatever you want okay so enough of that number 13 weird is not bad because I feel like a lot of people convince us that again it's like the fat adjective because people always like to think that like fat is unhealthy instantly when actually sometimes thin is the unhealthy Mm -hmm. it just sometimes these terms have been twisted I guess Mm -hmm. so continuing on from that point I think this is something that Z can probably elaborate more on is like when I was in primary school I was the kid that parents would tell their kids not to go to (laughs) yeah yeah I think that the biggest difference between because like we're in Chinese schools right the biggest sort of contrast that you could see with me and the I guess you could call them normal, unfortunately. Uh, <laughs> I don't mean that in a bad way. I'm just saying is I was exposed to American media when I was younger instead of Chinese media. So there, there comes the difference. Like when I would be talking with my classmates and trying to find a similar ground, you know, they'll talk about their idols and I'll be like, who? And I'll talk about my idols and they'll be like, who? So <laughs> it comes to a certain good end. And because of that, I just think that, you know, so many people just judged the book straight off the cover yes like i said just now sometimes i do try to fit in but see that backfires because it doesn't really help Mm -hmm. the entire situation in the long run so again weird is not bad if you you know if being yourself is weird to others fine as long as you're happy and as long as you're not harming yourself or others Mm -hmm. yes yeah you shouldn't want i mean you shouldn't feel the need to fit in but yeah you just shouldn't feel like you being different is superior that's all you know yes 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 Mm -hmm. yes completely 
Yeah. And the last point, oh my God, finally. The final point. <laughs> so the final thing that I've learned in my 14 years on earth mm-hmm. is I really like learning things, but I hate school. There is no better way to put it. I I just really like learning new things. I realized that when I, you know, when I look up mm-hmm. classes myself and I look up subjects myself or online teachers and stuff. I really like learning them. I truly do. Mm-hmm. And I put so much energy and focus into it that it even scares me at times that like, oh, so you had this energy all along. You just don't, you just don't find it in, in school. You don't whip it out. Okay. I see. So it's like a, you know, secret mechanism that only pops up when you actually find something that you like. So for example, like with French or I feel like I could say more languages, but I'm trying to focus just on French right now, but I am mm-hmm. so ready to learn more languages. I truly like learning them. I don't know why. That really proved the point to myself. Of like, oh, so the problem was never with learning. The problem was just sort of like the excessive homework that I received that takes my energy away from learning. So yeah, I don't hate school, but it's just, I do sort of feel sad about it because it made me for so many years, think that I, uh, I mean, firstly, I, I think most students experience this firsthand is that school messes with our mental health a lot. It messes with our self-esteem and, you know, hard to go through at times. But I think the biggest misconception that it gave me was making me think that I hated learning for so long, which in truth, I really didn't. Rediscovering and learning that part of myself now, it's just, I'm really grateful for that because it saved me time. Like if I had to rediscover this side of myself a bit later, I would have learned French a bit later. Mm -hmm. So yeah, that is it. Yeah, you might come back next year and be like, I feel like these are inaccurate. But Mm -hmm. for now, mm, I don't see any big red flags here. So yeah, Mm -hmm. super glad that, you know, you finally joined the 15-year-old club, although I'll be leaving it soon. Fun fact, Ellie and I, we only are the same age for like one month. Yeah, like it's every time I just arrive, she just leaves. Okay, so hope y'all, you know, enjoyed it or at least learned something from it. A little, you know, reflected on yourselves. Yeah. Again, I would just like to say before we head on to like the wish manifestation part, right? Mm -hmm. Is that all 14 points that I brought up was just what I had to go through and what those experiences brought out of me or what those experiences sort of like showed me I had to learn. So Mm -hmm. it may not be the same for everyone and that is completely fine as long as you are happy and okay with it. Yes. Okay. So for today's, you know, wish and manifestation part, I guess you can say that it'll be Ellie's B-Day wish. Ooh, okay. Oh, I, oh, I thought like there's a tradition that you can't say it. You can't say what you wish for. Wait, I thought that, you know, you wish for two and one you cannot say and the second one you say. Oh my god, wait, what? Really? I've been, I don't know. I wish for one every year and then you can't say it because if you say it, it won't come true. Uh, okay, then let's scrap that. Just like a normal wish or manifestation. Okay, so my wish slash manifestation is I I wish that both Z and I get really pretty <laughs> marks on our exam. Oh, yeah. That we get to like join the stream that we want to join. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
branching out from Ellie's wish, I hope that we both enjoy the courses that we end up taking, you know, and that we will uh, get to use them in our future and not just, you know, learn for the sake of school. Yeah, 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 completely. Yeah, I completely agree. Okay, before we sign off, though, this is a special segment, everyone. Since Ellie said she's learning French, do you want to sign off with like a French phrase? Oh my god! No, I'm going to teach you one. Oh, okay, okay. So I'm gonna say goodbye and I'm gonna mm-hmm. teach you see you soon so we can just, you know. Ah, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, goodbye in French is au revoir. See you soon is à bientôt. À bientôt. À bientôt. It's more of an O, but like. Uh, à bientôt. À bientôt. Yep, okay. À bientôt. That's not bad. <laughs> All right. So, All right. Au revoir. À bientôt. And this was. To be honest. What do we think?